0: This is the Real Strong People podcast, the show where extraordinary people peel back the layers of their lives to get real about their true stories of finding strength and meaning. But it's not just about inspirational stories. Every episode, we share real, actionable advice for becoming physically and mentally stronger in your own life. I'm your host, Dana Santis, Pro sports breathing, mobility, and mind body coach known as the Mobility Maker. I am so excited to have my beautiful friend Jade Strzok on the show today. Jade is a model, actress, firearms instructor, pro shooter, as well as host of her very own Milk and Honey podcast. And those are just a few of her many talents. Jade began shooting when she was only eight years old and competitive shooting at just 18 years old. Her incredible skill set has led her to work as a firearms instructor with Hollywood's elite, including Keanu Reeves and Holly Berry for the John Wick movies. Her passion and purpose for life positively impacts everyone she encounters. I know this firsthand. And I can't wait for all of you to get to know her today. She also happens to be the true love of my good friend and brother from another mother, Rudy Reyes, who will be making his own appearance on the podcast in the near future. But before we get started with Jade, as always, I'd like to give a quick shout out to our forever sponsor, Thorne, a leader in personalized scientific health and wellness solutions. When you visit my website at mobilitymaker.com forward slash thorn and sign up for a free thorn account using my referral link, you'll automatically receive a 20% discount on all of your future individual thorn supplement purchases. So check out the show notes for further details. So we've gotten the housekeeping out of the way, and now here you are. You're so beautiful. I love you so much. I'm so happy you're here.
1: Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. because. When I, when I heard that, when I got the text to come on, I was like, what does she want me on here for? And I was talking to Rudy and he's like, oh baby, like that's for you. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I don't, I don't think I'm worthy, but I really love the name of the pod.
0: Oh, yeah. That's beautiful. Me too. Well, it came out of, so during the lockdown, during the pandemic, I started doing what I called these real strong people chats, so I did these Instagram lives, which like a dope, I never recorded, but we had tons of people on it was really fun and I brought you know, some of my friends on so that we could all talk about how we were in this all together, experiencing the same kind of struggles, but how we were approaching them in different ways, you know, to cope mm-hmm. and it was really interesting, so yeah, when Thorne suggested that we build on that and then make it a podcast it was, it was a no-brainer, and you having you on as one of your your podcast episode number six so you Mm -hmm. were one of my very first choices because you're a very strong woman you have a very strong female presence without suppressing that female essence like so many times to be strong women have to posture and ask and act more masculine and here you are acting in kind of what people would perceive as a masculine career yeah and navigating it as you know a, a real strong female and That's incredible. And then one more thing, um, because then I want to hear from you. But one more thing I want to say is then when I first met you, even if I didn't know any of the backstory, even if Rudy hadn't already come up to me and told me, you know, that he had met his true love. So obviously there was all of this, you know, build up to meeting you. But even putting that aside, meeting you was just like meeting an old friend and, and, and feeling comfortable immediately. You're so disarming and you're so real i just i love you i love you very much (laughs) thank you
1: i love you too and i remember when i met you because you know being we met at summer strong this last year yes which was a beautiful winter strong saved my life earlier last year or was it this year I think it might have been this year because I was going through a really rough time and and I went to Winter Strong and it, it's a lot more intimate than Summer Strong is you know Winter Strong is like much more up my alley it's you know outdoor sports hunting bows and I mean I don't do archery but like shooting bows and arrows and picking up meat and hanging by the campfire like that's how I grew up and so going there and seeing everybody and getting to hang with Brandon and everybody a bit more intimately after that I started going to therapy after exactly after that weekend, because I was like, this is what it feels like to be alive. I need to feel like this more often because when I'm at home, when I'm isolated, when I'm kind of down going through what I went through last year, which was just like some things, but um, going to Winter Strong was like, oh yeah, this is what it feels like to be alive again. Like I need to really work on what I bring to the table within myself because I'm surrounded by incredible human beings, you know? And then we went to Summer Strong, which was like, Winter Strong on steroids because there's so much energy and people were were training and we're exchanging information. And when I met you, I mean, I was at Summer Strong. And I was like, this is insane. Like this is, and I kind of wanted to hold up because I was like, there's so many people and they're so extraordinary. Kind of like being on here, I was like, what am I doing here? And I met you, and I was like, oh, she feels like my family. Like, oh, this is my family. And you know, and anybody that Rudy raves over, I'm like, he's they've got to be good, you know. And and um, when I met you, I was like, okay, like soul sister. I got you. Okay, good. I feel more safe. And I remember when we were um, watching, I think they were doing like a bench press, like the heaviest bench press is insane amount of weight, like over a thousand pounds, right?
0: Yes. I think it was eleven oh seven he was trying to go for because he had gotten eleven oh five. But yeah.
1: Yeah, and you were sitting up on this machine, so teeny tiny. Cause how tall are you, Dana? I'm five three on a good day. You're like this cute little thing, five foot three, sitting on top of this rack, so tiny. I'm um, watching this guy, like best print a ton of weight. And I just like, remember seeing you and I'm like, that's my girl. And so the feelings mutual. I was so grateful to finally get to meet you. I haven't met Donovan yet though.
0: No, no. Cause he wasn't able to make it to summer strong, but you yeah, will soon. You guys I have to come to visit. You have to come, come visit. But yeah, you actually took a photo of me when I was up there mm-hmm. remembering you sent it to yeah, me, that was so sweet. Oh. Yeah. I
1: was like, that's my girl up there. And, and it's funny cause doing what I do, like I'm always in front of the camera. I would rather just walk around with the camera all the time and like catch people being themselves, you know, like you were. And, and that's like, when I look back at my camera, I'm like, that's what is the cool parts of my life. All this shit on the media and of me, I'm like, Oh, get away from me. But it's interesting how life puts you in a place that you wouldn't really expect, you know, and now I'm doing things that I wouldn't have thought I would be doing. But um,
0: that's so true. You know, this is a great segue to, into, the, the first thing that I really like to, to cover, which is kind of the real you uh, discussion where we talk about like perception versus reality um, mm-hmm. and social media versus reality. Because we're in this weird place in life now where social media for most of us is a necessity as part of it, L- at least in the circles that we're in. It's a necessity right. as part of our careers. And mm-hmm. so even when you're trying to put out your most authentic self, there's still a perception that other people have versus who you really are. So mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about that. Okay.
1: Yeah. When I, when I started my podcast, that's kind of why I started is I felt like, you know, <clears throat> I put these pictures out and the thing about Instagram in particular, which is my main platform of social media, is it's so visual. And unless you're sitting there speaking, and even when you're speaking, like most of the time when I do podcasts, I really only want it to be audible because when I'm staring at someone as beautiful, such as yourself, I get distracted by what I'm looking at. And so I'm like, what was I saying? And so I started the podcast because I was like, I want people to really hear who I am like with my own voice, because, you know, I can put out all of my heart, but it is only received in the way that I'm projected onto other people's view of me, you know, like I heard a lot of people when I first met them, some people that I felt the same way about when I met some ladies, I'm like, you're so beautiful. Like, but when, before I met her, I was like, she's got to be a total bitch, right? <laughs> Excuse me. I don't know if we can cuss on this.
0: Oh, yes. Um, no, we can. <laughs> okay. Fine.
1: And when I met them, not you, but a friend of mine, her name's Alex. Um, She was the sweetest girl. And she was like, I thought the same thing about you. And I'm like, it's so weird how We project our either how we feel about ourselves, about being good enough or not good enough onto people. So social media is like this mirror. And when you're that mirror that people project onto, a lot of the times you get what's really beautiful and sometimes you get what's really not beautiful and so learning to kind of sift through that I mean you you do it Rudy does it and I notice men take things a little bit more personally because they wear this armor because they're like I'm a man you know what I mean like I've done all of this awesome stuff like what do you mean you're going to come at me like that and there's like that pride but for me I see it sometimes as people um where they're hurting, it comes out. And so, what I'll do is go on the back end and be like, Hey, like, are you okay? Or like, what's going on? And have like a real human conversation with them because it can be hard to be human, like human, a humanitarian when you're doing things through a screen from so far away. You know, I can't put out my whole life on the screen or all my feelings so that you can see them, like, see how I think. It's hard to do, especially when we do it as a line of work, because all of my stuff has to, in some way, be tailored towards like my brand and my message for it to be effective. Like, it's not personal for me anymore it's business and so like even with um i recently posted a video of me and rudy and we were just i I was just holding him i think it was like a year and a half ago almost two years and um like i told him i thought it was interesting because i think a lot of people feel i don't know how what people think when they think of us but um i've gotten some like feedback of people think that it's something that it's not when really it's just like true love and it's like purest form with like the good bad and the ugly but it's beautiful in that way and um and I was like, you know, this I have business manager is like, you know, you really shouldn't be putting all of your personal stuff out there. You shouldn't be dancing on your story. You shouldn't be singing or all this stuff. And it's really hard to balance. You know, it's hard to balance being authentic to yourself because my whole brand and work is who I am. But at the same time, it's the best parts of you and not the real parts. Of you. you know, I can't go in there and be like, the reason why I love this man is because when I was so down he was the only person there with me, you know, and and to explain what being down looked like, it would be, it would take, you know, Picasso to paint it very, you know, abstract and ugly, because it was ugly, and it was hard, and, you know, and same with him, is when he's been down, it's like, we're the only two people there, and when people see us, I think they see this power couple, right, but we're not powerful, because of, like, what we look like, I think our power comes from how we've gotten out of what has been really hard together, you know, and um, so I think with social media, um, I try to be as authentic as possible, but sometimes I can kind of get lost in soft because people are like, oh, guns have got to be your life. And right. if you look at Rudy and I, they're just really, um, they are a part of my life. You know, I carry my pistol with me where I go. I drive fire all the time. Um, but it's like kind of a compartmentalized part of my life because my work is my work. The firearms in my daily life are for protection and like, that's it, you know, but my main life is like my dog and Rudy and working out and eating, sleeping, watching good films you know, talking, doing therapy and talking to my friends and like living my life, but it's hard to in some way cater that towards an image that goes with the brand. And so it's, you know, that's why I started Milk and Honey to begin with is
0: because I want want people to understand like what's behind all of this. Yeah. I completely hear you. I think- like I understand your, your um, you mentioned like your business manager's standpoint mm-hmm. on it. I understand that, um, except that if we don't at least put out some aspect of our humanity, I, I think it's too easy for some people to forget that we're human, to right. forget. And then like you said, when they're mirror, mirroring us and then there's this ugliness that comes out, it can be really vicious when they don't feel like you're a real person right
1: or they feel like because they're because you have some influx of people that are watching you that you're so far away that the words that they say can't hurt you you know like they can't penetrate her they're she's too far away like people think I don't read my dms I read all of them I just don't respond to ones that waste my time like it's not that I think people are trying to waste my time but you know thank you I appreciate that you think I'm pretty but like that's as far as that's going to go you know but if you ask me hey i'm really struggling with this or hey like you know I, I mean i i take messages all the time about people that are like really low with their mental health they're like i don't think i can make it another week. And I'm like, let's talk about it. And recently I had taken one of those calls and you know, I give him my number so that if they need to, they can call me. And I was texting back and forth with this gentleman. And we started talking about God because I have a really strong relationship with God and but it's very human, right? Like, I think also that's another thing is when you're on a pedestal and you say, I'm a follower of Christ, people are like, well, you're not perfect. So you can't say that out loud. And I'm like, I can't proclaim like my Lord and savior because I have a platform and I'm not perfect. And I say that, you know, and I was talking to him about God, And then ever since then, he's like, I'm back on track. And he sends me what he's reading every single day. And um, he keeps me on track, too. And that's one beautiful thing about media and and social media. But I think that's the thing is, I think he reached out knowing that or he said, you're never going to see this, but I just want you to know. And I'm like, I do see it. Nothing gets past me. I'm a freaking detective. (laughs) I I see shit (laughs) out. And, you know, and that's the thing is, I think, like you said, is people think that there's so much distance that you can't really be touched. But it You can be touched and daggers do still hurt. We do still bleed, you know, but you do need to develop a a thicker skin if you're trying to be a champion in the world. You know, like Muhammad Ali was, you know, he was champion of the world, right? For the people, but I'm going to be the, I'm going to be the champion of the people, how I want to be, not how you want to be or want me to be. And he caught a lot of flack for that. But I mean, he's a great example because he spoke his voice. He spoke of his opinions. He wasn't afraid of not being understood because I don't think a lot of people would understand someone like Muhammad Ali. You
0: know, well, you made some really good points there. Um, that I, I, I think that a lot of people can relate to in terms of social media. You don't even have to have a big following to right. recognize that you know we can we can act as though we're impervious to um, you know these comments that people make. But you're not. You're a human being. It's okay. And yes, mm-hmm. we can develop a. Th- thicker skin and we can develop different perspectives for dealing with it like I loved how you explained um you know your understanding of this being a mirror and your understanding yeah. that people who you know the trolls uh, you know yeah. that are reaching out that they're also real human beings mm-hmm. and clearly there's something going on with them and yeah. by the way we can't ha- help all of them I think that it's really nice that, you know, sometimes you'll reach out to people though, as you said, and, and ask them what do you ever, but I I mean, I I have to imagine that sometimes people are just like, well, fuck off, you know, like I'm fine Mm. and, and reject you. No, you know, I
1: think also to your point in the, in the intro about, or towards out coming out of it about um, me being a female in such a male dominated space. I think there's a part of me being a female that disarms Men, their roughness, right? And in some ways not. Like some ways, like if I'm beating a guy at a match and he fucking hates me for it, he's still gonna hate me. But um, but whatever, I, I love that shit. But also, I think like the times where I've gotten in predicaments about like a product, people are like, Oh, you're an idiot, you don't deserve to wear this. I'm like, Okay, whatever, I'm a civilian, I can wear whatever the fuck I want. But when I get into the the you know, conversation with them, I think they're like, I've never heard anyone say, Hey, fuck off. Maybe I'm just blessed because like nobody's really. Not giving me an opportunity to talk to them, but I also think it's God. You know, I think God gave me a platform because not that I can always handle it, I can't, but that because hopefully I'll be able to use it in a way that is for good. You know, and that I hope people will see that. Like I'm a very, like I'm a very people person. You know, oh, I'm like yes. I want to talk to people. You know, and so if they're coming at me weird. There's this saying, like, hurt people hurt people. And I'm like, if you're hurting, like, talk to me about it. And I think if it was a man, they would be like, I don't need to talk to you about anything. But with me, or if I want to understand, like, where I could be better, which happens all the time, especially when I'm using a product that I'm not very versed with, um, you know, and then they can see that, hey, we are in a community that really needs to be supportive of one another. You know, and I think the... um, the firearms community can be super cutthroat. You know, it's a lot of know-it-all is thinking that they're, they're hot shit. And at the end of the day, I'm like, you know, it's all the same thing, you know, it's, and you know, I just know what, I'm, how to do it because I just freaking did it with my hands. It's not like I really even thought about it. And um, so I think it just takes, I think people need to also learn to take a little bit of time to think through things. I think there's a lot of like impulsivity, especially that is amplified through social media because like this big complaint box. I'm going to put a complaint in your box. And I'm like, this isn't even a freaking complaint box. yo. (laughs) This is my life. You know what I mean? But I think people also need to learn rules of engagement right and so like i want to set those rules of engagement
0: well that's yeah being able to take control of your own social media and how you choose to handle it and not being so reactive to yeah to yeah to the complaints that are Mm -hmm. put in the complaint box that's hilarious i haven't heard that but it is social media is like a giant complaint box yeah it's like reddit
1: that's incredible. All right. And well, then oh, go ahead. No, I could go on about this forever. They just stand oh. on a soapbox. And that's the thing. It's like, it's a bunch of soapboxes. Like my media is my soapbox, but that I choose true. to talk about things that hopefully will bring us together and not tear us apart, you know? And I don't like sharing my soapbox with anybody. <laughs> so I'm like, get off my soapbox, block, delete, because <laughs> I'm yeah. not afraid to get rid of people. I'm like, it's just a number, but like my peace of mind is way more valuable than like
0: a number on an app that could disappear tomorrow. That's extremely important for people to understand. And I think a lot of times they forget that in the moment. Mm-hmm. I know that it took me a while to learn that. and But I do. I block people. I, I just mm-hmm. I don't have the mental energy to give. I'd like to think that I have this endless amount of mental energy. But I don't. And I want to have the bulk of my mental energy left for the people that I care most about
1: yeah certainly your
0: real life. right certainly not someone who I've never met and probably will never meet who disagrees with me about something and is yeah. not willing to even you know entertain yeah. another idea so yeah. yeah but we've talked about a lot of the negative um aspects of of social media and then mm-hmm. um and and some of the positives but I do want to talk about your humor um because mm-hmm. it's awesome you... you think I'm funny oh my gosh I do think that <laughs> you're funny you. I I Um, I I love some of what you I love all of what you post but I mean like some of the things that you post there's just this natural humor that comes through and thanks yeah I love it um thank you the the last one that I saw I mean you're so great with the the voiceover stuff too Um, I love it thank you I just recently started doing it but like
1: I I've always loved like lip singing like like I'll jam out to some music and like freaking go for it like I'll be Chris Stapleton you know he'll be singing some I'll be Chris Stapleton for a second but thank you because like I always wondered like because I said to my friend the other day I was like I want to like entertain people like if they are going to be sitting here watching something I want it to be funny but I also want it to be wholesome you know and like why I started Doing social media in the first place, it wasn't. It was, of course, it was personal when I started it, because I was not doing what I'm doing now. And when I started doing what I was doing, I was like, I'm gonna use this to show people that like I'm just a girl, you know, and like I'm just some kid from Simi Valley who learned how to shoot to go hunting, and then learned how to hold a pistol, and then heard about this in competition, and then started shooting it, and then started winning, and not having any idea what I'm doing. Like people would hate me for it, and I'm like, I literally don't know what I'm doing. I won, I was confused, you know, and and so now I want to use it to be funny because I'm like, people need to laugh because. There's some, you know, there's some dark times right now. And so I'm like, I want to like entertain people. And my friend was like, Jade, you're not meant to be funny. Like you don't, you're, that's not your job. You're not a comedian. And I was like, well, can't I be funny and teach people how to shoot and hopefully use this platform to remind them that if I can do it, they can do it, you know? And so I'm glad that you think I'm funny because, he was like, "Don't try to make him laugh," and I'm like, "I'm gonna do it anyways," <laughs> you know.
0: It's it's very natural, free of. Yeah, I disagree with your other friend because thank you. I, He's just stick I, in the mud. I love it, and it's um, what do they call it? Edutainment. Yeah. Mm, thank you. You're welcome. So yeah, keep up the edutainment. Now, um, this is the point in the podcast where we take a quick break so that uh, we can hear another message from the sponsor, but we'll be right back. Hi, this is your host, Dana Santis, the mobility maker. With more than 40% of Americans getting less than the ideal amount of sleep, it's easy to understand why sleep is such a hot topic among doctors and sports scientists. Lack of sleep has been shown to cause health problems such as weight gain, increased stroke risk, and other illnesses. Additionally, poor sleep quality can have a significant impact on active performance. If you're having trouble sleeping, THORN is here to help put your restless nights to bed with supplements formulated specifically to help athletes recover from the day's activities. Visit mobilitymaker.com forward slash THORN and sign up for a free THORN account using my referral link to save 20% on my favorite individual THORN supplements for sleep. That's mobilitymaker.com forward slash THORN. Okay, so now uh, we're going to take a kind of deep dive into how your definition of strength has evolved over time. Mm-hmm. And we were talking offline about how, um, you know, I've seen just, I mean, this is the sixth episode of the podcast, but in the past mm-hmm. five, there's been pretty much a theme, which is, mm-hmm. especially in the strength and conditioning world, um, which most of my guests have been from, mm-hmm. our definition of strength has been mostly physical and then it evolves into mostly mental because then we realize and even you know even in our journey of um you know strength and conditioning we start to recognize the the mental aspect is so huge in being able to accomplish the physical aspect but then as we grow and mature then we start to realize wait a minute in life being mentally strong is so important. So right. tell me, tell me, especially, I mean, um, in your, your career. And it's yeah. so funny because I you know the way you just described it before, it, you know, not knowing what you were doing when you were shooting and it, because we're talking about basically like a child, you know, when I'm, yeah. when I'm, you know, saying your career, I mean, you started so young in learning mm-hmm. your craft.
1: Yeah. And I was young mentally too. Like, I mean, I was just fresh out of high school. You know, I mean, I was like a little bit and I really didn't understand like the world. I didn't really understand how the world worked at all. And so I think that that was helpful because I also dropped out of high school. So like I left when I was 17 I had a job for about five, six months. I was working my ass off and I was making tons of money. Not that I knew in any way what to do with it or how to save it. So I spent it all, but um, I always loved working. And then I fell into shooting. And, um, and I think it was something that because I didn't have a high school, like diploma and education, but I had the opportunity. And, you know, I worked with a ton of people that didn't make it what it could have been. But I, when I started it, I had an eating disorder, and um, you know I was like 110, 115 pounds, which naturally I sit at like 125, like, and that's like that's a good place for me to be in. And I could barely like hold up a rifle. And so when I started shooting, I was like, I need if I'm gonna do this, which I'm going to do it, because I'm like one of those obsessive, like obsessive compulsive, but I'm like obsessive with doing things. So like when I started dancing, I was like dancing for like 40 hours a week while maintaining a full time job, and like you know, and when I was shooting, I was shooting. All the time, and or I was dry firing, which I talk about a lot. I mean, I've spent countless numbers of hours dry firing, and I was like, if I'm going to do this, like I have to do this up, which means I have to get rid of this eating disorder, I have to get a really healthy relationship with food, which means with myself, to whatever capacity I could at eighteen, you know, which really wasn't that deep. And I really have to like put everything into this. I need to start training in gym, which I had no idea what I was doing there either. And sometimes I still like I, feel, I still feel like I don't, but I'm still learning, you know, which is the fun thing it keeps it young. Oh, we're
0: always learning.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. And when you're constantly evolving and when you're around people like you and Brandon Lilly and Burt Soren and Pops, I mean, I talked to Pops and I'm like, how am I even sitting in this guy's office talking about hunting and then talking about fitness and all this crap that I think is, you know, cool. But like, I'm talking to Pops, you know, I'm talking to this legend right now. And like, and I'm around all of these, like the highest caliber of what they do. And I'm like, I got to learn everything I can, I can learn, which is why Summer Strong was so awesome because I was like watching them train, listening to them exchange information and I'm like, whoa. And i watching all of the seminars and stuff. I was like, this is awesome. And Thorne was heavily evolved with um, Derek Woodsky's talk, right? you know, about supplementation. I'm like, whoa, this is a whole freaking world. And right. So we're always still learning. And when you're around the best, like you would be dumb not to try to keep that going even more so. But I forgot what the question was. Oh, no,
0: that's all right. <laughs> so, so um we were talking about how your definition of of strength has evolved so it and how young you were mm-hmm. when you really started started working mm-hmm. and you've had such a, a a massive evolution even just in the past couple of years mm-hmm. how do you how have you seen your definition of strength changing over that time
1: i think when You know, I think when I was younger, even like this last year has been so exponential for growth, especially internally. When I was younger, I grew up in a hard house like that. You know, my mom was a single mother firefighter, you know, of three girls that were all very similar in age. Um, And my dad was a cop until he retired and started his own store. And so he was a business owner. And, you know, that comes with its own challenges. And I feel like the way that they taught me how to handle things and how to be strong was to be um, such a hard ass that nothing could penetrate my armor. And so what I felt like it looked like was not allowing myself to even have vulnerability and feelings so that I could be tough so that I could get through whatever it was and have all of this unresolved issues, you know, like, you know, I, and I love my mom, but I still see issues that in regards to her and my dad's divorce, you know, 25 years later. And I'm like, you know, obviously this isn't working. And so my idea, especially when I was going through a lot, there was a lot going on publicly and I didn't really tell my side of the story about any of it. I didn't really feel like I needed to. And um, I was going through all of this and start, I started going to therapy. And I realized that before my idea of strength was to repress and, pretend, and like you know, pretend like everything's fine and be this hard person and that this would be strong and I would be getting through it. And then when I realized that it takes so much more strength to really look at yourself, honestly, without judgment and to really assess um, in privacy what you're feeling and knowing that that's okay. Like for me, the hardest thing and that represents strength to me is like self-acceptance and allowing myself to not have to be so strong on the outside of what you would think is strong to really have the strength to like take what's broken and try to fix it you know, and that takes a lot of work like that to me took strength because it took months and months and months of shame and regret and crying and fighting with Rue and, you know, fighting with myself and being so down to finally like go to Winter Strong, stand up and say, I'm going to really work on this like heart. I'm going to work on my spirit and sit down with God and be like, hey, God, you know, I thought I was being strong and God gives me a lot of strength. Like he got me through all the shit that I've been through. But, um, you know, part of that is also like valuing that." pouring into you and learning that you have to pour into yourself too. And that that's going to take a lot of work and it's not going to be pretty. And like, you have to look at yourself and realize like I'm flawed. And like, if I can work on those weaknesses and make them strengths, that's what strength is to me. It's like that, um, like hammering, you know, at the iron It's just like that constant hammering and like not being good enough. Right. But really knowing that you are worthy of being good enough. That to me is like what strength looks like now. You know at the time not at all but
0: right but that's it that's the evolution that i i love that so much um Thank because you. personally so much of that resonates with me i mm-hmm. i grew up um really poor I, I i moved out when i was 14 i was mm-hmm. emancipated by the time i was 16 um wow. i was a teenage mother and just it was wow. yeah it was not it was not easy, for sure. Yeah. Um, and all of the shame, too, that goes with when you grow up that way. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I and everyone, I bet you experienced this, too, where you had people who were close to you, but they thought they were close to you because mm-hmm. you build so many walls around yourself to make mm-hmm. yourself feel strong and appear mm-hmm. strong on the outside. Mm-hmm. But... Um, and then you try to accomplish as much as you possibly can so that people mm-hmm. will look at your outside achievements and think that that's you and and more proof that you're strong so I, I absolutely hear you on that um, and then the real strength of character comes when you realize that it's about being able to look at yourself in the mirror and and truly look at all of the things that you were so embarrassed by that you felt so much shame about and unpack them and accept them and accept that you're human and that we make mistakes and that we're not capable of going back in time and changing decisions all that we can do now is have the strength to make the best decisions moving forward and and to be a real authentic person, which is that's, I think that's also why we had that instant connection because I felt that with you. Even when Mm -hmm. we were standing there in the kitchen and we were Mm -hmm. talking a little bit about, you know, those experiences that you had had Mm -hmm. that were making you feel that way. Mm -hmm. And I just felt you, I felt, I felt um, that you were being so real and, so raw and at the same time your physical posture was at ease and that's that's it's proof to me that you've come so far because most of us when we try to discuss these these harder things you know it it, it manifests physically in us especially if we haven't dealt with it or aren't dealing with it and mm-hmm. so we you know we think well if we say this if we talk about it um, we can make it seem like we're over it we're fine. But if you look at somebody's body posture, who isn't over it, when they're telling you something like that, you can tell, right. But it's, yeah, it's a beautiful thing to see that, that you've, you've been working on this so much, and that you've, you've really come to the other side. And I hope people who are listening, who are feeling that same thing. Because I know that there are so many people out there. I did a talk in Seattle about this recently um, where I literally just unpacked all of my shit onto the stage, but all of the bad stuff. And at the end, got a standing ovation. And there's no way that people would have, you know, clapped for all my bad stuff if it wasn't the fact that they recognized in themselves, we all have this stuff. We all have this stuff we're afraid to look at. Mm -hmm. But when you look at it, you can actually appreciate the beauty and this evolution of your human soul.
1: Yeah. That's what I was going to say too, is like, I think what we think is ugly about us is really what is the most beautiful parts of us when we can look at it and say, well, if I didn't go through that, I wouldn't be here today. You know, and if that didn't happen, like, you know, people look at, I don't know how they look at it. When I look at my, um, my past, like all of this shit that I went through, was all because I was trying to be more in a better place and actually live because I wasn't going to live, you know, like I was so down, especially, you know, when I was in a place that I shouldn't have been in for as long as I was, Um, you know, I I didn't think I was going to make it. You know, I was one of those people that was like, you know, I don't think I can make it another week. And um, and all that shit that I went through, I think people can look at it and they can say, oh, well, that is horrible or this, that, the other. But that is all because I chose, no, I'm going to go the other way and I'm going to choose to live, which means I'm going to uproot my entire fucking life. And it's going to get ugly. But like, because of that choice, I can be here now. And so all of that that could be Ugly is now the most beautiful thing that i have the most proudest thing I've ever done, you know, and and that I walked through that with Rudy coming out the other end with so many beautiful people in my life with God at my hip. I got a dog, you know, like I've got all this beautiful things in my life that I would have never had if I didn't choose to really look at it in its harshness and really go in to kind of sort through it and soften it a bit. And then when you can organize it, then you can, you can start to understand it. Then you can start to understand yourself better. Then once you start understanding yourself better, then you give yourself strength. It's like, well, the reason why I did this is because I wasn't doing this, but why I wasn't doing this is because I'm like this. And because I'm like this and I learned how to be this way in a really positive way, now I can be who I am today, which is somebody that I'm proud of, you know, which I think at the time I wasn't and so
0: yeah no that's wonderful I I mean it's just a clear illustration of making your pain purposeful Mm -hmm. when we can make our pain serve a purpose and then have gratitude for the experience Mm -hmm. it can't hurt us anymore right so that's one thing that real strength
1: yeah I was thinking is like being able to I mean you said something about perspective on the dawn episode. And um, I just recently went through, I haven't even talked about it publicly, but um, not really recently, I think like uh, two months ago, I had a shotgun catastrophic malfunction where the magazine tube, um, uh, 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 there's this thing in the, in a shotgun called a lifter and that got stuck at a 45 degree angle, which um, upon the inertia ignited four rounds in the magazine tube, which blew the gun up. And I had the gun come back, hit me in the lip, split my lip, had shrapnel enter my arm and split my vein. So I was pumping out blood and I didn't know if I was going to live or whatever. And um, I was freaking out. I was praying to God, praying out loud. And then I thought about um, Al Carpenter at Summerstrong about his, um, his speech that he gave about perspective. And, and I said to myself, well, if Kyle can get through what he went through, this is nothing, I can get through this. And that speech and what he said about perspective got me through not just that, but everything after, because I've gotten hurt on the range before. And before it was really not good. You know, I was in a place where they said, if you tell anyone about this, you know, you'll ruin everything we've got going on. You can't go to a doctor, you can't do this, you can't do that. And that was really damaging psychologically. Fast forward to a few months ago and this whole thing happened. After going to SummerStrong, hearing Kyle's story, after going through what I've gone through, after being in therapy and being with people that are truly good for me that, you know, tourniqueted me up and made sure that I didn't bleed out right there and stayed with me in the hospital for 10 hours and came home to Rudy who was, you know, freaking out. And, um, you know, talking to my family, I was like, I'm good. Like I've learned from my past how to handle things. And now I'm in a place now where I have some perspective to see them differently. And one thing I think is like a huge life lesson is like, Perspective is everything is you can see what happened to you as something that, you know, damaged you forever. And because of that, it excuses all of your other shitty decisions because you don't want to actually acknowledge that I've allowed this thing to become my identity to where now I travel through life with you know, broken and now I'm a victim. Or you can look through it and say like that taught me everything that I need to know about how I'm going to move forward in the rest of my life. And I'm not a victim or um, a product of my circumstances. I choose my circumstances that happened to me, but that's just a scar and I'm still a human. And I learned from this so that when I'm here now and something else happens, I can reflect back on that and have some perspective to say, everything for me is going to be a lesson. It's not going to be my story. You know, the book doesn't just end there because something happened, you know? Well, yeah.
0: and you almost said my favorite quote that um, that I've had in my office for probably like 25 years because that's, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm what much older than you, but it I said it on Don's podcast too because of something that he said. Um, so I don't know if you had gotten to that part yet in his podcast, but circumstances don't define you. They reveal you. Mm. That's if you're taking that perspective. Like you had just right. said, you know, someone can look at their circumstances and say that okay now this defines me as broken and and i liked what you said about and so basically that'll justify all my shitty decisions going forward and it's true right and you know because the victim mentality is like a scapegoat um Mm -hmm. i mean it's not to say that there aren't real victims out there absolutely but they shouldn't be victims their whole lives they shouldn't be victims after the circumstances are over then they then they're survivors Right, right. Then be a survivor. Yes. And
1: then they're conquerors yes. once they survive, Absolutely. you know, and like, that's the whole, but that's like, you know, that's like the evolution of self. And it all comes down to like, it's like, how do you see yourself? And that's actually what ego is, is ego is the belief of self, whatever it is, and seeking out evidence to further prove that but you have to really challenge your ego and be like, well, what is my self-belief? Mine for a long time was like, I'm not worthy. And so I was always seeking out these examples of belief that I'm not worthy. That was like detrimental to my entire life. And then my therapist was like, challenge it. What if you are worthy? What does that look like? I'm like, oh shit, that looks fucking awesome, right? Like that looks like a good life to live. And she's like, okay, then like, you need to retrain that ego of yours because you, know, you can go through life. Like, you know, you look at dogs, right? Like you rescue dogs. You have a dog that's missing an, a leg. That dog's the happiest dog ever to be alive. That dog does not even know or acknowledge it's missing a leg. He's just running on three legs and he's going to get his ball, you know? And you you look at animals, animals are a great example because they don't have this need to have a crutch. You know, this dog doesn't like, you know, play like it's, you know, been wounded by life. No, it's grateful to be alive. And, you know, I had this, I thought of this when I was younger and it kind of back, it didn't backfire on me, but it came back around because I said, um, perspective isn't what happened to you. It's who you became because of it or not perspective. It was resilience. Resilience is um, what not what happened to you, but who you became because of it. And I said that to my a friend of mine. And then a week later, this was years ago, I got hurt on the range. And I was like, you know, I was really devastated from it emotionally. There's a lot of abuse though. So that's like one of the things, but he said that to me and I was like, you're right. And it took me years to actually flip that mindset around. Not that I wasn't, you know, not that I thought I was a victim, but that I wasn't allow any, I wasn't going to allow anyone to make me a victim. You know, I wasn't going to let anyone, you know, put me in a corner like that again. And so when it happened that I got hurt again, it was very startling, but I'm like, no, I'm grateful to be alive because I could have fucking died. But instead I'm sitting here with my husband, who's not my husband yet, but sitting here with my husband. That's what I call. And I'm alive. And the people I'm with cared enough to keep me here. And God cared enough to not take me out of here and send me to hell because like, oh my God, I'm not ready yet. If you take me right now, I'm going to hell, Lord. Please don't take me yet. And um, not really, but I was really praying and he didn't, you know, let me go. And, um, you know, I wasn't even, you know, my therapist was like, how are you dealing with it? And I made sure I worked out before I saw her because how I deal with like my depression I'm not on antidepressants. I refused. And um, so she's like, so how are you going to cope with it? I'm like, I'm going to work out. I'm going to do all these things that are really good for me. And when I went into that um, therapy session after the accident, she was like, so how are you dealing with it? I said, you know, Tana, I worked out so I could tell you that I'm working out, but I feel fucking great and I don't feel like I need to work out. And she's like, that's, that's good. That's totally Cool, but you start to learn like what tools you need to get to where you need to go. And then you also learn that you don't even need those when you're short up inside, you know? And so it's like this constant evolving of self is what the hope is, which doesn't mean that I'm perfect all the time. I still had some like trauma, but you know, you get through it and you realize that it's not that bad. I mean, I haven't cut out my stitches in my lip because I was like, I have to do this. Like it was a very small thing that meant the world to me emotionally, because if I could take out these stitches, which freaked me out, but if I could take them out, then I can get over the fact that I was freaking out that I had a hole in my face for like, or just a big old valley in my lip for like eight hours. that I just kept like trying to keep moist. I was got used to having this hole in my lip and taking those stitches out helped me conquer that so that now I just have some scar tissue and it doesn't, you know, freak me out. Because we're sensitive, we're sensitive beings, you know, but we, if we want to be strong, then we could acknowledge that we're sensitive and learn the tools that we can to make our, to strengthen ourselves.
0: Absolutely. You know? Well, I'm so, I'm so proud of you, um, the way that you handled that trauma and it's, yeah, it's a testament to how far you've come. And again, I'm sorry that happened to you, but it's so nice that you were able to test how far you've come, right? Because now you yeah. can look at that and say, look at how I handled this. You know, yeah. how would you have handled that three years ago?
1: You know, I it, broke the fuck down. Right. You know, one, well, and, and that's the thing is like, you know, even through all that time, it's like being around people that allow me, like I was crying. I kept apologizing, especially when I had asked a friend of mine who is one of the guys that helped get my shit together. And I asked his, wife to come out because we were on the range shooting and I wanted her to come see what we do. And then of course that day a shotgun blows up in my face and I'm pumping blood everywhere. And so I kept apologizing to her. I kept apologizing to them. And I heard one of my guys say, "Um, let her get it out. You know, like just let her get it out. And I felt like, okay, I can, I can, I can get it out. And so I just let it go. And then by the time I was done um, and I was all stitched up and we got through everything. And I was like, you know, thank God that I have people around me that let me be myself that say let her get it out that don't tell me jade stop that or don't say that or you know like blah 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 like they just there's this like allowance like this freedom you know and then like the people that i'm surrounded with now give me that perspective you know if i didn't hear kyle's speech you know, I don't know, I but he gave me a lot of strength. And I actually went to go message him to tell him, like, hey, I just want to let you know, like, when I was the most afraid, you're the first person that came to mind besides Rudy that I was just wanting to call to tell him I love him because I didn't know what was going to happen. And then I deleted that because I was like, no, he doesn't need to hear that. He doesn't need to see mainly because I was embarrassed, right? I'm like, it, it's so minuscule compared to what Kyle has been through. You know, just knowing a, how grateful I am to have people around me like you, like Kyle, like Bert, like Pops, like Rue, like everybody that we have to strengthen me. You know, because if I wasn't around these people, I would still be where I was at before, which was in a really bad place, you know. So you surround, you know, you are what you surround yourself with.
0: I think that's a really important point for people to take away from this, um, because okay. it's come up over and over as we've been talking, you know, the people that you're around now versus the people that you were around before. And you're mm-hmm. a lot more discerning about the people that you're letting into your circle. Yeah. And It's true, you know, that it also, it's true that you're attracting those types of people to you now because water seeks its own level. And and here you are with, you know, a band of superheroes around you because you are a superhero. Thank you. I think it's
1: important. Oops, go ahead.
0: (laughs) Well, I I think it's also great, too, that there's just this, this um, community of non-judgment too, like, and that's... it was a great example too, when you were saying that your friend was saying, just let her let it out, you know, mm-hmm. let her be herself. It's, doesn't it feel so great to be seen? That's another yeah. thing. Like my Soronex family, my Thorn family, like these people, um, see me for who I am without mm-hmm. judgment. And, and mm-hmm. that's, that's so important. And, and they see you and, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know how they couldn't see you. Like your spirit is just so big and so beautiful.
1: Thank you. And I think I wanted to make a note for the, the listener is, um, because I get asked a lot of like, well, what about your family? Right. Like, because my, you know, my family, I've been with them my whole life, but they are, you know, they're. There's one thing to say is like, you know, not to throw away everybody just because they're in a different place than you, right? Like I'm surrounded by a bunch of people that are better than me, but um, you still need that balance of being able to lift and edify up others, even though you're in a different place that's higher than you were before when you knew them. Right. And that's not to mean to allow people to like suck you dry and take and take and take, but it means to learn boundaries in your relationships that allow you to be, and to give as much as you can. Kind of like what you talked about is you feel like you have this endless amount of love and energy to give to people, but you don't, you know, knowing your boundaries and what you're worth to say, like, I can give you, if my life was a pizza, I can give you a slice, but you cannot have half the pie. Like, I only give you this slice. And when I give you this slice, I'll show up for you. And love you exactly where you're at. Because this is something I struggle with with my parents. It's like, I love you exactly where you're at. I don't, I had to kind of wet part of my childhood and child self that needed you to be something that you're not. I needed I needed to kill that part of me that needed you to fit into a box that you don't belong in. But I meet you and see you exactly where you're at right now. I love you for where you're at and not who I need you to be, but for who you are. And I give you this amount of love and I set boundaries in our relationship so that I can love you. And then, you know, and we, and you, you define those, those limits. So that way people don't think like, well, because my family just sucks me dry, then I have to like, you know, I just have to cut off ties. Like, no, you still deserve to have a family and they still deserve and need you um but you have to learn how to balance those things you know and like learn how to accept people for where they're at kind of and just like people accept us for where we're at too you know we're blessed to be around people that are in really great place but sometimes we're surrounded by people that aren't i was just in california for a whole month with my family And having to learn how to be back in that environment in a different place and wanting to be who I've been working so hard on and not falling back into old ways. And that came through with like setting boundaries and saying, well, I'm not going to see this particular person because this particular person drives me fucking crazy. And if I see them, I'm going to retort back to being how I used to be. And I'm going to say some things that I don't want to say. Like, And so that's also learning like discernment and discipline of self is like knowing the environments that you thrive in and ones that you don't and making sure that you're always yourself and others in environments to thrive and you're not intentionally throwing yourselves to the wolves knowing that they're just going to devour you anyway
0: you know yes that is such an amazing approach to compassion
1: mm-hmm.
0: without yeah without losing yourself sometimes yeah. people don't understand that you know they think compassion is this all or nothing thing and if you're not giving your all to someone who's in a, a bad place or just mm-hmm. not quite in as you had said not in the place that you're in now Mm -hmm. yeah usually it's like black or white it's like okay I either shut it off so that I can continue to just work on myself and you get none Mm -hmm. of me Um, and I'm guilty of that uh, Mm -hmm. actually with most of my family Um, Mm -hmm. but listening to you made me you know. Cause, um, because that is such a wonderfully compassionate, but yet like self-preserving, pres- preserving,
1: yeah, totally yeah,
0: approach. But you and have
1: to, you have to preserve yourself. Like Rudy does it all the time, and you know he he puts himself out for so many others. And at the end of the day, he's fucking wiped, you know. And then he has a drink and he gets really emotional. And I'll be there for him and all of that, you know. And if and I know he gets fulfillment. I know that you do too, and I do as well as with being and helping other people you know, that's our sense of fulfillment. But at the end of the day, like we also need to refill our cup in order to be there for other people, which is why I don't call it selfish, but there is a level of you that has to be self-serving to be able to serve other people, you know, and like me being a follower of Christ, like Christ was always off on the mountaintop by himself talking to God, you know, some shit was going on down there. Okay, go over there. I'm going to go over here and I'm going to pray and I'm going to be alone, you know, and he was very much so he loved people. He was the most compassionate being in the world, but still he had to make sure that he was in a place that he could be there for other people by making sure that he was in alignment with God and himself, right? Because he also was human. And so like, when we look to like examples of like who we want to be like, like, I don't think that I'm in any way like Jesus and no, I would love to be as much like him as possible, but he's the embodiment of grace and love and war, but grace and love. And, um, you know, like we you know, treat on un- treat others how you want to be treated yourself, you know. But at the same time as I would want my people to also make sure that they're if I see somebody putting themselves out for me and me alone, like and just giving everything to me, you too would say, Hey, wait a second, you need to take some time for you, you know. And so you gotta have that conversation with yourself too. And then also learn how to balance it. And it's hard. Like I had to take breaks off my family for like months. I moved out to Idaho with Rudy away from everybody just because I was like, I need some time to be alone. And it was good for a minute, but then you know, it gets lonely too. No, so you still need you still need community but you also still need to make sure that when you show up to the community that you're in a place that you can still give
0: absolutely a balance that and a balance that doesn't have to be 50 50 a balance that um enables you to be the best version of yourself for yourself and for others right. and right. I, I i think that's really that's a very important life lesson and and i'd like to end the show with you know kind of a recap of of things that we've covered, and we have covered a lot of ground, yeah. uh, but I think it really does sum it up. You know, this um, that that you need to focus on yourself to be better for others. That you need to focus on um, not just the good stuff, but also the bad stuff. The stuff that you're afraid of is the stuff that's going to make you stronger. Yeah. Um So it is, a lot of- go ahead. I, I was going to ask you, is there anything else that you'd, you'd like to share, especially for for listeners um, who can relate to the things that you've um, told us?
1: Thank you. Yeah, I think that the number one thing is like balance, right? Like you said it, I was thinking it like the, our life should be a balancing act, right? It's like we see it with our food. You know, we, we eat really well a lot of the time, but at the same time, I'm not going to not eat a cookie because I want to eat a cookie. You know, there's a balance to it in order to achieve like true happiness, right? And I think, you know, we tend to sometimes look at things or our entire perspective can be black and white. But, you know, the, the whole world isn't black and white. Our feelings aren't black and white. You know, our place in all of this is not one way or the other. It has to be a balance of both and bring in some color to it too in order for it to be vibe, you know? And I think my number one thing would be is when we're examining ourselves and our feelings and our thoughts, you know, cause we're going through a mess. I think the biggest thing that I've learned is like to look inward at my feelings and allow myself to feel them and not put up a brick wall. Like we talked about before this false idea of strength, right? This brick wall to where our feelings are like a wave and they just crash against it, but they keep coming, you know, and they don't stop. Like our emotions are indicators of, of something that our body wants us to be aware of, you know, there are feelings and instead of ignoring them, to allow them to pass through us and not define us but just to feel them that's been huge for me it's like I feel this way I feel sad or depressed that's acceptance it's like I do feel sad I do feel depressed I don't need to keep denying it like oh I'm not sad I'm not depressed yes you are you're in bed and you won't get up you know so allowing yourself to say no I am sad I am depressed that's okay and to um hey and you no, know, love you um to allow yourself to um, feel things and allow them to pass through you. And also when you go to examine them, examine them without judgment and more of curiosity, it's like, well, why do I feel sad? Why do I feel depressed? And when you can say, oh, well, I feel sad because I don't feel like I'm accomplishing enough. Okay, well, how do we enable ourselves to accomplish more? Let's write it down and make a list. You know, what's important, what's not, we prioritize. And then we can start crossing them off. And at the end of all of that, not only are we being proactive, but we got out of bed. We did what we have to do. Now I feel accomplished because we're crossing shit off. And um, now you've worked through that and it hasn't became who you are. You're not sad. You're not depressed. You just are feeling sad. I am feeling depressed, but that's okay. Why? Curiously. Oh, because of this. Not because, oh, because I suck and I'm not good at anything. Like, no, just because I don't feel purposeful. Okay, then let's change that around. How do we do that? And then you create a system, you know? And one thing my therapist told me is the last thing I'll say is that you can't change who you are. You just are, right? Like I have memory issues. Sometimes I forget things. I have ADHD as well. Mm-hmm. And she said, Jade, you can't improve your memory. Your memory is just what it is. What you can do is set yourself up for success by knowing exactly how your memory works and then making decisions and actions based on how to best work with it and do it better. So like, if I need to put, you know, this bottle in my car, um, instead of just leaving it on the counter and saying, okay, I got to put that in the car tomorrow, even though I know I'll forget it, just take it, put it by the front door or put it in my car while I'm thinking about it, you know, and just getting to know yourself better, know that you can't change who you are, but learn that you can work with it better. So that way you could be more successful, even just within yourself, you know, and who gives a shit what the world thinks about you? What do you think about you when you lay down at the end of the day? Are you proud of who you've become? If not, How can we reframe that so that we can see exactly who we are? Because most of the time what you're doing is you're not looking at yourself clearly. You know, we forget who we are all the time. You know, like, oh, I'm not good. I'm not this. I'm not that. And then when you write it down and you say everything that you are, you're like, I'm a lot. I'm worth all of like, you know, I'm worthy of having friends and family and people that love me, you know, and then you can start to remember who you are. You can build that self-worth up, and so yeah, that's
0: all. That's, that's wonderful. Yeah, I I think you just described to like the difference between, um, you know, we're keeping out these emotions that we feel mm-hmm. because we're afraid that if we feel them, what we're going to do is internalize them. And then right. like you said, like it, it basically embody the emotion when in fact, if we, we let the emotions in, we observe them and then we process them, the way that you described you know we process them by saying okay yeah we do feel this way why yeah. you right. know what are the actions that we might be able to take to help us stop feeling this way or maybe we truly just don't understand why today we feel this way right but it's okay because tomorrow's right. a new day so today I'm just going to let it be, you know?
1: And remembering that like our feelings are here today and gone tomorrow. Like my friend, that's a stick in the mud that told me I'm not funny. Um, (laughs) No, no man's friend. But he also said, like, I told him, you know, like, I just don't want to keep doing this. I'm not passionate about it anymore. He said, Jade, like passion is fleeting. You know, we hear about motivation all the time. Motivation is fleeting. These are our feelings. I don't feel passionate about it. I don't feel motivated, but feelings are fleeting. They come and they go. They're here today. They're gone tomorrow. Maybe they're here for a few months, but they'll be gone in another. Choosing upon how you decide to handle them, but knowing that they're not—they're not facts. They're not definitive. You know, they don't define you just because you're feeling this way. I've been mad, sad, angry, frustrated, um, depressed, shamed. You know, regretful, happy. You know, joyful, full of glee. I've been freaking aloof. You know, I've been all of these things. I'm not all of those things. I've just felt them. You know, they're not—they don't—they're not rocks in who we are. They're just parts of who we are. You know they're like breath it's like in and out so knowing that nothing is definitive in this life not our feelings
0: well again you've said so many amazing things and i know that um people who've listened to all of this will definitely um be impacted in a positive way and have lots of takeaways Uh, i know personally uh, i have like Mm -hmm. I, i you you know you've made me rethink some of the ways that i look at my family and um yeah, that's really beautiful, and I appreciate that um, from thank you. Thank you. I think.
1: Thank you. I'd like to thank my therapist <laughs>
0: and God, because <laughs> without them both, I would. And Ru,
1: or without them, I would not be here. So therapy is great. I would recommend it highly.
0: It, it's clear in um, the way that you discuss like emotions and challenges that. It's definitely working for you, and you have an awesome therapist. So yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, she's awesome. Props to her for sure. One thing though that I do want to say that I want mm. that I want to help you with is yeah, I think you can improve your memory. So that's one that's one thing that I do disagree with. I think you can. Okay. Um, I, I and and uh, once we're offline, we can talk about this more. But I love having this on the podcast anyway because I um, it's something that I, I'm I'm uh, very passionate about. So um, I've partnered with this Harvard-backed company called Focus Calm, and mm-hmm. we have a neurofeedback headband. I've got to get you and Rudy um, okay. headbands. You can wear them while you're training, and what it does in real time, it shows you your brain state. So okay. then... Um, In addition, now this isn't, that doesn't have to do with your memory as much. That is just where like you can figure out when you're in your flow state so that you can do more things that help you get into your flow state. But in terms of the app that goes along with um, the headband, there Mm -hmm. are brain training games, including Mm -hmm. memory games um, that you can use. Yeah. And then you can see how you can improve over time. But they've done research that shows that there are improvements. And especially when you're so young and our brains are plastic. And so... Like it, can you can mold it. You can. So okay, I'm going to make sure that I get you that. Um, and then uh, of course, for the people who are listening, we're going to put a, a link to focus Calm in the show notes, but other links that we're going to put in the show notes, of course, are ways that people can find you. So what would you like to share with them? And obviously Instagram is your major platform. So tell them yeah. how they can find you on Instagram.
1: I'm on Instagram. My tag is at Jade struck, like Jade's truck, but Jade struck. And, you know, everybody thinks it's like Jade's truck. They're like, where's the truck? I'm like, there is no truck. It's Oh, Jade's (laughs) truck. I know that never.
0: Oh, that's hilarious. I know. Dad jokes. (laughs) 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 That is Um, a dad joke. Oh, my gosh. We'll put a link. (laughs) We'll put a direct link so no one's confused. Jade's truck. Yeah. Okay.
1: (laughs) And then my podcast is the Milk and Honey podcast. It's on Spotify it's linked in the bio on my Instagram. You can find it. It's on a link on my Instagram bio. Oh no, we well. will put a link in as yeah. well. Don't worry. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, um, and that's all that I really care to, to share. You know, I have a bunch of things coming off and, and working on, but like the podcast is like the main thing. I'm just working on getting it started up again. Cause I was supposed to start it up again when I went to go do that shooting thing. I was going to film that night and then I had this whole shotgun thing. Out, and so we put a pause on it, but it was great
0: because you need to take that time,
1: you know? Um. So yeah, that's where I'm at. I'm on on Instagram mostly, and on other people's stuff, and then on the Milk and Honey podcast.
0: All right. Well, I'll make sure that all the links are there so people can find you. And I can't thank you enough again for your time today. Um, This was a really lovely conversation.
1: Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. I appreciate you. Thank you.
0: Once again, we'd like to thank our primary sponsor, Thorne. If you like what you heard today and want to support the show, visit the link found in this episode's show notes, or simply go to mobilitymaker.com forward slash thorn and sign up for a free thorn account using my referral link to receive 20% off all future individual thorn supplement purchases. Make sure you subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. The Real Strong People podcast is available for streaming on your favorite platform. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to join us next time.